Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. If I heard someone on the street talking about the voices in their head, I might be a little bit concerned about what they were hearing or what voices they were talking about. But here I am almost 13 years into my journey of motherhood, and I have discovered that there are voices in my head that are speaking to me all day long and that I have to choose what voices I'm going to listen to. And oh, how many times I have allowed the wrong voices to be the ones playing on repeat in my mind. And I'm not a crazy mom, it turns out. I mean, maybe a little bit sometimes, but that's its own thing. But I've been so blessed to talk to so many moms and realize I am not alone in this. And I am so thankful today to be with a seasoned mom who has so much wisdom from so many years of mothering and marriage and homeschooling. Jennifer Pepito is here with me today. She is a homeschool mama to seven and has been married for almost 32 years. So she is a wealth of wisdom. And if you don't know about Jennifer yet, you're going to want to get her new book. I'm so excited about it. It's called Mothering by the Book, The Power of Reading Aloud to Overcome Fear and Recapture Joy. And I'm so glad to have her here with us on this um, topic. As you love hearing from her, you'll want to follow her on Instagram at Jennifer Pepito. And of course, I'll link all of this in the show notes below. And if you want to hear more from her in your own home, as you listen to more podcasts, check out the wild and free podcast, because she's one of the hosts there as well. So you can hear more from her on a regular basis there. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Krista. It was so fun to be at the conference with your community on Tuesday night. It was such an inspiring evening. And it's great to get to chat with you again today. Yes, that was so much fun. That was so neat the way that worked out. That was incredible timing. Yeah. Um, So the voices in our head, we're not entirely crazy. Uh, What are the voices in our head? Let's just start kind of defining that. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's not just voices, is it? Sometimes it's the movies that play in our heads too. Like our kid is going out to jump on the trampoline. All of a sudden, the movie reel of them falling off and getting concussion rolls. Or, you know, our child is learning to drive for the first time. And we start imagining the worst situations with their driving. So I think that often as moms, the enemy lies to us and and amplifies maybe our natural fears. I mean, we're moms, we care so much about our children, but I think there's a constant battle to take our thoughts captive and stay focused on the Lord and his goodness and on the fact that we can trust him. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting. I come from a unique home. Um, not that I come from, I, we are a unique home, like our family And realizing each family and home is going to be unique and different, and that's going to shape those things in your mind as well. Um, My husband's in law enforcement, and so he sees the very worst of the worst. And I've said before, no one calls him to say, hey, just wanted to let you know my four-year-old made it through the day alive and well. He only ever gets the call when it's something tragic, like my four-year-old was strangled by this rope or my 
this child fell in the pool or whatever it is. And I have found I'm not a natural worrier at all, but that has led to me having to realize I can't let my mind sit in those places that it might go to because of my husband. So even our home environments can, can create that for us. Yeah. And honestly, as a family, we have a practice when we leave almost anybody's house, like they might be the most wonderful person in the world and the godliest family, but we will often do a little prayer. Like in the, um, in the Bible, Jesus told the disciples, when you leave a city, shake the dust off your feet, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we, even when we leave a home, we'll just like, I just shake off and it's not from you, God. And especially for your husband being in that situation where he's constantly with the, with people who are in crises with people who are oppressed, he's, you know, having to love them and be there for them and be present. But then he almost has to do like a little spiritual, a little, a little inner work every day before he comes home. So he doesn't bring home all of that fear and anguish and anxiety that he's had to deal with through his work. Absolutely. We've said that his uh, commute is like our curse and our blessing because it allows him time to really release and give back to the Lord what we need to and also get home. So yes, yes. <laughs> So both. It's good for a man to have that time. Yes. Uh, When did you first become aware of this? Of this battle of the mind? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, we were missionaries in Mexico and I, in our, in our faith walk, I'm going to tell, you know, I don't actually talk about this very often. We have been in all kinds of churches. So we've been in charismatic churches. We've been in reformed Presbyterian churches. We've been in covenant churches. So lots of different, um, experiences spiritually. Mm. And um, when we were missionaries in Mexico, I was miserable a lot. Like there were a lot of things about it that were just unexpected to me. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for some of the hardships and I was constantly looking back at what my dream life had been. I'd really created what I thought was my dream life. And so it, there was a lot of pain for me in making that adjustment And I wish, I wish so badly that somebody had given me some instruction before I left and said, you know, the enemy is going to try to make you miserable. It's going to try to make you focus on all the hardships and how difficult this is and how painful this is, but you can take your thoughts captive and you can send those lies away from you and you can learn to be joyful, even in hard circumstances. It would have been so different you know, if I'd been equipped, like the Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't know how to take my thoughts captive. I just, I think as moms, we so often think that every single thing that we feel or think is valid. Yes. Especially in this culture, people, what, what are you feeling? And I've realized I even say it. I just feel like, or I just think, and that doesn't actually matter. Nowhere in scripture does it say that our feelings are reliable? Right. And it's not that we don't acknowledge them. Like it's okay. You know, cause I think some people are bitter a little bit because maybe their family was so much on this, you know, be, be like, there was no allowances for feelings. Mm-hmm. And so then they've gone the opposite where they allow for all feelings. But I feel like we can find a balance where we can acknowledge, you know, I'm feeling sad right now. And I'm going to go to God and say, why is this feeling of sadness bothering me right now? Why, you know, what is underlying this and start to work through it with the Lord Mm -hmm. instead of just becoming like, I feel like I was a rag doll. Like I was just being thrown around by the devil. And the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking Mm -hmm. whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. And so he is 
going around trying to whisper lies. That's what he did to Je- to Jesus. Even he tempted Jesus. Don't you want to be like God? You know, tempted Adam. Don't you want to be like God? You know, so he's, he's going around lying to us. And when we start to be able to recognize, oh, I am so tired today. I want to give up on mothering and run away. That's probably not from God. And I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and journal out why I'm feeling that. And I'm going to take those thoughts captive, you know, or, oh, I I feel like I'm such a failure as a mom that my kids would be better off without me. Wait a second. I'm going to talk to God and find out where these lies came from that are making me feel so debilitated because we, you know, there's, there's a lot of tragedies. I mean, we, we are seeing moms abandon their families, or we are seeing marriages end in divorce, or we are seeing mm-hmm. kids running away from home or committing suicide. There are there are the extremes of the results of not learning how to take our thoughts captive happening every day around us. And so I, I feel like there's an imperative that we learn that fear is not our friend, complaining is not our friend, and we need to start to identify where did this come from? When did this start? Take those thoughts captive, deal with it with the Lord, whether it's that we need to forgive someone or grieve something, or just say, in Jesus' name, get away from me, you lying devil. Amen. Amen. I agree completely. I love that you started that whole thought too with when we're tired a lot of times, because I have been a get it done, stay up. That's your guaranteed time mom for many years. And before I had kids, I was a late night person. I I'm, I love staying up late. There's something about those late hours that it's, it's quiet. Nobody needs you. And it feels like you have a different control over the time, maybe because nobody's, you know, there aren't going to be any distractions, but when I am tired, it's like, it opens me up to a completely different place of attack. And I'm so thankful that my husband has been very faithful in reminding me of this gently, but also a helper in that. And I have had to really be willing to listen to him and hear when he's like, Krista, you're not getting enough sleep. You've got to go to bed. And, and it's really been transformation, like really transformational for me. Um, I think about that time in God's word where we hear about Elijah and he's told you need to go to sleep, like take a nap and eat some food. And how many times as moms are we literally like hearing in our mind, you are the worst mom. Why did God even give those children to you? And I I remember I even spoke it out loud. He must've picked the wrong person for this job. And my husband's like, you're hungry and you need a nap. And, And he's probably right. And thank God for a husband to ground me in that space. Yeah. There's, there's a saying for people who deal with addictions halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, when you are Mm. in any of those ways, if you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, or you're tired, you're much more susceptible to, um, you know, and like to basically falling to whatever addiction you're dealing with. And sometimes for moms that is complaining or vegging out on our, on Instagram. And I might probably many times have just gone and gone on Instagram because there was a problem with the child that I couldn't resolve. And I felt like a failure in it. So I think that being aware, okay, what am I feeling? And then why is this coming against me is such a good first step instead of just being like, I feel like a failure. I'm just going to veg out because it doesn't solve any problems. No, we take these false escapes and that's a really good thing to realize. Like, where am I escaping to? And I think our phone is one that's a unique one that the, I think about my mom's generation didn't have that as an escape that, you know, maybe they had, you know, bonbons or whatever it was. I don't know. Soap uh, operas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For real. 
But, but it really is. I did an episode a little while ago called put down your phone that I'll link whatever episode it was, but it was a really powerful one because we do, we've allowed that to be an escape that we think is acceptable. And it's like this dopamine fill that, that isn't actually dealing with the root problem. Totally. It's a very, it's a very Christian escape when we can go online <laughs> and look at what all our Christian friends are doing, but it, it is an escape from dealing, working through the issue. And then our children, I mean, I, I don't know what the results are going to be. Like if, if all the Christian moms of this generation are are diving into our phones and we feel like there's a, an unresolved issue with our children or ourselves, what is going to be the outcome of this generation of children? Mm-hmm. Instead, we have to learn to take our thoughts captive and be present with our children so that we can work through the issues together and, and learn how to love each other and learn how to resolve conflict in a healthy way and learn how to overcome fear. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that I heard you say a few minutes ago that I thought was really important is something about, you said something about choosing what we're listening to. Um, and realizing that we really do have a choice in that and that it does impact, it impacts our day to day, what we're taking in and the internal monologue that we're allowing to play, whether it's Satan trying to get a foothold or if it's something from our phone that we're allowing to pour into us. So let's talk about listening to the lies versus listening to truth. How do we, how do we balance that and keep the lies out and and really keep filling ourselves with truth more so that we're not hearing those lies so much. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I do feel like as moms, fear has almost become this like legitimate. Um, it's it's legitimized for us as moms. You know, like people don't point it out. I mean, it is, it is sin. You know what I mean? In the Bible, God commands us, fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, do not be afraid. It's one of the most commanded. Uh, phrases in the Bible or most spoken phrase in the Bible. So there's a, there's an imperative to overcome fear, but I think as moms, we so often indulge in, in our fears. And I don't know Mm -hmm. why, like, I don't know, you know, I, I actually, there's a book, the body keeps the score and he talks about how sometimes we will recreate the trauma that we experience as children. So I don't know if, if there's some unresolved fear in our life, that makes us go back to that. But, you know, it's interesting how, how we do, we can revive, uh, we can make these scenarios in our head of our child getting hurt or something. And that seems more real to us than imagining our child being healthy. You know, so it, it becomes so real. So for me, I mean, I've had to be active about redirecting my mind, you know, like mm-hmm. when those fearful thoughts or ideas or pictures come in my head, I have to say, you know, God, show me what you say about my child or show me what you see for my child. What is the truth about this situation? What is, what is, what does your word say? I mean, Isaiah says, I will contend with those who contend with you and I'll save your children, mm-hmm. you know? And so meditating on the truth in scripture, instead of letting our thoughts get all crazy with the things we're scared of. It's just, it's a continual practice of taking Mm -hmm. our thoughts captive and redirecting them towards what is, what is beautiful and true. Yeah. I was thinking about that passage in Philippians four, eight, the, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And none of these things are, um, And I find that I have to throughout the day be fueling myself with these scriptures and with 
God, you know, with God's word in various ways. And one of the ways we do that, just practically speaking, is we listen to music that's full of scripture. So while yes, I love worship music in our home, but I love music that is straight up scripture because it's good for my children. It filled me as a child with God's word that we listened to scripture music my whole life growing up in the car. I can just listen picture. We listened to, um, hide them in your heart by Steve green, which is like as old as it gets, but it's still right. out there and it's still so good. And that's why I know whatever is true, whatever is noble. It's cause I sang it growing up in my car. And then now one of the ones that my family loves is slugs and bugs sing the Bible. They have silly slugs and bugs music too. They're great. They're silly, but the sing the Bible albums are solid. And I was just, I heard myself in my head singing um, a passage from Isaiah 43, when you were talking a minute ago, and it's the one in, in the um, song, it says, uh, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And I can just picture myself singing it with my kids. And in those moments of fear and anxiety, if I've been filling my mind with those truths, then when those fears start to come in, I can just start humming it. And it's like that truth is there ready on my lips and my, and in the same way, I'm gifting it to my children by us listening to this and filling ourselves with it. Cause I want them so filled with God's word. It's true. It's such a good way to combat the lies when we're, when we're meditating, you know, it's like the Bible says, thy word have I meditated on day and night that I might not sin against thee. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we fill our minds with what is true, then it's easy, easier to turn away from what is false. Yeah. Yeah. But it has to be intentional. It's easy, especially if you didn't grow up with it. I think it's easy to just like, oh, we turn on the radio and listen to right. the radio or even other good things. My kids love adventures and odyssey and the bigs, my big kids, especially my littles. Some of them are way too intense for, but my big kids love them. And I love that they have good media to be filling their minds with. That is truth. But I also do try to be intentional to make sure we're really listening to scripture in fun ways to make it um, just a part of their hearts and minds. I want them to be filled. Yeah, so good. Uh, So let's talk about controlling these voices. Let's talk about the lies first, and then we'll talk about the truth. So what are some specific ways that we can fight against these lies on the offense? Like if the lies are there, they're speaking into our mind. We already stayed up too late the night before. It's too late to get that sleep. (laughs) What are some ways that we can attack those lies in that moment? You know, one of the things I've been talking about a lot lately is the power of forgiveness, because I feel like Mm. the more intimacy we have with God, the more we're going to listen to his voice instead of the voice of the enemy. But often what interrupts our intimacy with God is unforgiveness, you know, Mm -hmm. where we got hurt by a friend or a parent or a sibling in some way we got hurt. And then instead of being thorough about, you know, like, not just saying I forgive them, but acknowledging the pain, you know, maybe even taking time to grieve the pain and then praying, you know, I forgive you for the way that this affected this area of my life. I forgive you for the way that this made me feel alone or abandoned or rejected or, you know, whatever it is, just being so thorough about forgiveness. It makes such a difference in our ability to, to hear what God has to say to us, to obey the word of God. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that's why Uh, Jesus is so specific when he died to say, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
Like he didn't want the sun, you know, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. He didn't want to. And, and you know what it says after that, lest you give the enemy a foothold, mm-hmm. you know? So the, when we are active about forgiving and keeping things clear, I think it makes it so much easier for us to listen to God instead of the enemy. And then there's a lot of practical, like in my book, mothering by the book there, I, I pair a lot of practical ideas for overcoming fear with books that I read aloud, you know, in, mm-hmm. in one book, I saw them overcome fear through memorizing scripture and reciting it to themselves. Or in another book, I saw them overcome through just speaking life, speaking words of truth over themselves. You know, sometimes we don't, you know, we don't know what to say in a moment and we just have to speak the word of God over ourselves. Mm-hmm. For me, often when I'm really struggling, when I really cannot get a hold of my thoughts, I'll just sing and singing, you know, like yes. you said, singing scripture songs or singing a worship song, whatever it is, it can, it just almost shuts down that part of our brain that's mm-hmm. worrying and helps us get calm again and get with the Lord. So I think there, you know, are so many uh, kind of practices that I talk about in Mothering by the Book to walk you through that. But I do feel like the most fundamental one is forgiveness that when we start to get active about walking, free from offense, then we align ourselves to be able to hear from God and, and have his voice be stronger than the voice of the enemy. Mm -hmm. There's a passage where it talks about putting off a spirit of heaviness, um, through song. I believe it's an Isaiah. I can't remember for sure, but that's, it's true that when we are singing, it is a weapon that we are taking up. And especially if we're singing, we're worshiping or we're singing unto the Lord that it's taking up a weapon against that heaviness, that that heaviness cannot stay. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even a Psalm. I can think of the eighties Christian song. It was like, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, heaviness. (laughs) lift up your voice to God. So I know it's based on a Psalm. But yeah, I mean, God, I think that is why God commands us to sing is because he knows that it's what helps us redirect those worried thoughts towards him. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so that's about the lies. Let's jump into the truth now. So what are some specific ways that you would recommend that moms fill their minds with more truth so that we're really to that place? I think about a cup and that if we're filled to overflowing, like Psalm 23 talks about my cup overflows. If our cup is overflowing, then there's not room for that fear. So how do we keep our cup overflowing when we have a million children needing us at the same time and our husband needs us and the world's crazy? (laughs) Yeah. I think that knowing our vision is really helpful because in a sense, what that is, is it's eliminating distractions. Mm -hmm. You know, when we are focused on too many things or we don't really know what God's called us to, then it's really easy to be distracted and thinking about what other people are doing and letting that kind of destroy our peace. There's, um, uh, Donald Miller wrote a book called hero on a mission. And in that book, he talks about writing your eulogy and then working your goals out backwards from there. Mm -hmm. And that's been really powerful for me because even, you know, I have a, I have a homeschool curriculum business, the peaceful press, and I love my business. I love helping families enjoy learning together, but it could be easy to see, you know, other businesses growing faster or something and be discouraged. But then when I look back at my eulogy and I recognize, you know, my, my greatest goals at the end of my life is to be known as a nurturing wife and mother, then it makes it, it it makes it easier for me to say, okay, we're going to 
this is not my highest goal. And so I'm going to grow at the right speed for my goals. But I think that when we don't know what our calling is, it's easier to be, um, you know, feel ashamed if somebody else is doing better than you or feel inferior if another family's homeschooling better, you know, whatever. There's so many different ways that we compare ourselves to others. And I do think that comparison is a big root of the lack of joy in our homes or lack of, or the, the inability to really be focused on what we're called to instead of Mm -hmm. giving into those fears. Yeah. And I think it takes us away. The biggest thing is it takes us our perspective away from who God has called us to serve. Because when I'm looking at other people and what they're doing, they should be serving their children in their home as God has called them to serve. And I should be serving my children in my home as God has called me to serve. But to do that, I need to be looking at my children and I need to be looking at the Lord and not allowing myself to get sucked into their direct work in their family, because that's going to pull me away from the actual needs that God has put right before me. And what a shame if I missed my family in the name of trying to serve the neighbor's family. Like that's not even who my children are. Right. And especially because it is such a short season, like you, you could raise four kids and still have plenty of time in your life to run an orphanage or, you know what I mean? Do amazing (laughs) other things for God. But I think that if we don't raise those four kids, then, then you're, you're kind of raising them forever in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, and I just feel like it is the, the time that we have to really directly influence our children is so short and it's worth savoring. It's worth really, um, being a, a student and being intentional, being prayerful and focusing on that one, that one thing that God's given you. And then he'll add more things. It's, you know, the word says that he was faithful and little will be ruler over much. So I feel mm-hmm. like being faithful in the calling that you have. He'll add something to it when you're ready. And to be able to do that again, we could go back to that passage that we've touched on so many times that second Corinthians um, 10, five to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Cause when those ideas come into our minds of other people or other things, if we take those thoughts captive and give it back to the Lord, then he'll lead us to exactly what he wants us to do with the children that he's trusted us with. Yes. And, and the husband, I think so often we put our husbands in like a place underneath our children in terms of the care they get and the attention they Mm -hmm. get. And yet loving our husbands is one of the best ways we can love our children. You know, so um, it's, it induces so much security and peace in our children when we, when they know we love their dad. So, you know, there's, there are just, I think that if the church could get a little bit better at family, a lot of social ills and things that are mm. problems in society would be solved. Mm-hmm. But if we, you know, it's like the Bible says that, that we are marriage is a picture of the church. So mm-hmm. it's something that's worth investing in. Absolutely. I think as we turn our hearts towards our homes, meaning our husbands and our children and to the Lord and fill ourselves with him, with more of him, that he'll make it clear to us how we can be serving them more. And then our cup will be full as we're living in obedience. And there won't be as much space for that fear and anxiety to be sitting in there with us. Yeah, I agree. Well, I hope that everyone will get your book mothering by the book, the power of reading aloud to overcome fear and recapture joy. I think it's just going to be a wealth of encouragement for moms 
And um, I'm going to close us in prayer, but I'm going to go ahead and thank you first before I do. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. This was such a blessing. And I just really appreciate you sharing your wealth of wisdom on this topic. I know that God is going to use it to encourage, encourage and equip moms to move forward without those voices of fear creeping in their minds. I uh, thank you so much for the chance to share, Krista. I appreciate it so much. Well, God bless. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Lord, I just want to close us today by bringing these moms that are listening to you, whether we are listening as we fold laundry or driving in the car with our children or standing in the kitchen over a pile of dishes that are ever present in our homes, we just pause and I want to give the minds of these moms back to you, Lord, that as our culture has said, And these lies to us that say it's okay for us to live in fears or it's okay for us to live by our feelings. Lord, we reject that right now. We say we do not want to be moms who live in fear. We do not want to be moms who live um, in complaining. Your word is so clear. We're supposed to do everything without complaining or arguing, not to complain when it's justified, not to live by fear when, it, when we can justify it, not to live by our feelings. We know that the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things, just that it's desperately wicked, as your word says. We do not want to be moms who live by our emotions. We want to be moms who live by truth who are so filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, with you, that there is no room for those lies to take root anymore. Father, I pray that you bring to the surface the lies and fears that this mom listening that she has been living with or struggling with, and may she grab that and put it back in your hands. I think about that passage we read, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that talks about taking every thought captive and making it obedient to you. May she picture herself taking that fear or that lie and putting it back in your hands. And when it begins to creep in again, because it will, because the devil is out there ready to attack, may she grab that thought again and choose to put it back in your hands and just cast it back on you. I go to that passage that says we cast, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Thank you, Lord, that you care so deeply that you want us to cast our anxieties on you. Lord, I pray that we can move forward in your strength and in your truth, focusing on those things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, that that's what our children see in us, the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. May we speak those voices into our children. May we speak those truths over the lies and may your voice, Holy Spirit, may your voice be so loud in our hearts and minds that you are what we hear in our moments of weakness and our moments of struggle. We love you, Father. We pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And I will look forward to seeing you next week for our 100th episode. So exciting. I'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, 
Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.